Today's message is entitled, Prophecies of Our Coming Messiah. You know, the Old Testament prophesied about the Messiah's birth, the time of his birth, the place of his birth, and even the fact that he would be born of a virgin. These scriptures all found their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Let's turn first in our Bibles to the second chapter of the book of Daniel. Our text is going to be verse number 44. Daniel's in between Ezekiel and Hosea. So if you found Hosea, go back one book. You got, if you found Ezekiel, turn forward one book. <laughs> Daniel chapter 2, beginning with verse 44. If you would stand as we honor God at the reading of his word today. It says, And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven, set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today that shows us that Christ himself is our Messiah, that he has already come. We're not still waiting for him. And that he's coming back again. And that when he does, he's going to separate the sheep from He's going to be taking those that are ready to be with him to heaven. And we thank you, Father, that these things are going to be accomplished and done, that your name be, name be greatly worshipped and honored and praised. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Prophecies of the coming Messiah. The first point of our message is the time of the Messiah's birth. He would be born at the time of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was as universal as any earthly empire ever was. The Roman Empire was powerful, and it was in a time when this empire decreed that all the world should be cast. But the kingdom that this verse is speaking of is Jesus' kingdom, which is not of this world. Christianity is the kingdom that Jesus came and set up in this world. By ruling and reigning within people, hearts. There will be no end of this kingdom. Because on a daily basis, I believe more and more people are being added into the kingdom of God. I believe people are accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. I believe that they are make, making that decision to change from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And you know, we need to understand today, folks, that God is still working inside of you. He's still working on you to make you into the person he wants you to be. He hasn't stopped. He hasn't given up. He will continue to fulfill the work that he's begun within you until the day that Jesus comes back to receive you into himself. 
And so we need to be looking forward to that. The fact that Jesus is still at work in us. And he's not forgotten us. He's not forsaken us. The Bible says even that it, it says the Bible, I'll get it out in a minute. The Bible says he will not leave you nor forsake you. You know, there is one thing that can happen that would upset that apple cart. And that is you leave God. Because God, you know, my, I had a person tell me one time, the scripture says, no one can take you out of the hand of God. And that's what the scripture says. But it's not talking about the fact that you can't take yourself out of God. That's right. You can move yourself out of the hand of God <clears throat> yep. if you want to. But of course, who wants to? I know I don't. I know you don't. And I know the people that are watching Facebook Live right now don't. So anyways... The point I'm trying to get across to, to us today is this, folks. That God is working on the inside of you to make you into that person that God wants you to be. And therefore, his kingdom will never end. Matter of fact, Christ's kingdom will never be destroyed by any foreign force invading it, including the gates of hell. It shall be a kingdom that shall be victorious over all opposition. There's nothing going to be able to defeat the kingdom of God. So we need to be thankful for that today. And that Jesus has come to set up that kingdom. He's come to set up the kingdom of, of ruling and reigning inside of people's hearts and lives. Changing them into who they, he wants them to be. And you know... I don't know about you, but I'm glad for the fact that I'm not what I used to be. Because I used to be, matter of fact, I've said this before and I'll say it again here today. I think if I had lived in Paul's time, the Apostle Paul's time, he made the statement that he was the cheapest of all sinners. I think me and him would have had to have tussled over that, that title because I felt like I would. When I came to know Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was down in the dumps. I was on my last leg, so to speak. The bottom of my life had dropped out. My, my best friend had just tried to get me arrested for a DWI that I didn't do, that he himself was guilty of. And I tell you what, I didn't feel like I had anything going for me. But then, sitting in that holding cell at the Loose Terrace jail system, God got a hold of me. And he said, I want you to come home. Because I had served the Lord before that at one time. But I chose wrong friends, wrong time, wrong everything in my life. And I went in the wrong direction. But then God got a hold of me and he changed my life. And I'll never be the same. And that's what I want to tell you today. That God can do the same thing for you. Maybe you've hit rock bottom. Like I have. Maybe you are the one who needs Christ to come in and change you. From the inside out. He'll do it. He'll take what you, what, what you are. Matter of fact, there's an old hymn that we used to sing when I was a different denomination. And we would sing it most every time. Well, a lot of times. Not every time, but most every time. i say it again. A lot of times we would sing this song called Just As I Am. That's all God is looking for. He's looking for somebody that will come to him just like they are. You know, too many times people say, well, I'll come to church once I get my life straightened out. No, come to church and let God straighten your life out while you're Amen. in the church. Yeah. Right. 
So I would encourage you today that if you have not made a decision for Jesus Christ, that you make that decision for him today. And make sure that you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a second point of our message this morning. And it's about the place of Jesus' death. Let's turn to Micah chapter 5, verses, verse number 2. Micah chapter 5, and it is in between the books of... wish I knew my Bible better. <laughs> Jonah and Nahum. So once again, if you come to Nahum, go back one. If you come to Jonah, go forward one. Micah chapter 5, verse number 2. I got my bookmark. It's my, my daughter's happy birthday to dad whenever I was, she was a little girl. She's 26 now. But when she was little, she wrote it out and gave it to me. And it's been precious to me ever since. Micah chapter 5, verse number 2. And it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. The Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. Here is one of the greatest prophecies about Jesus proclaimed seven centuries in advance of, it, of its fulfillment explicitly and only in him. Bethlehem means house of bread. In John chapter 6 verse 48 Jesus says it, I am the bread of life. It is only fitting that the bread of life be born in the house of bread. Another scripture that verifies the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem is John chapter 7, verse number 42. John chapter 7, verse 42. It says, Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem, where David was? Some people thought that Jesus was from another place. They didn't believe that he was necessarily the Messiah that people had been waiting for. But he is, and he, and he always will have been. And then there's one more place in Scripture that talks about the birth of Christ. And it's in Matthew chapter 2. Beginning with verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. <clears throat> and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. <coughs> the 
prophet being Micah. So we need to understand that this is what this was the fulfillment of scripture for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. And to see that this prophecy was fulfilled, Caesar Augustus was used by God to call for a worldwide taxing. So everyone had to go to their own city to be registered. At this time, Mary and Joseph were in Galilee, but they had to go to Bethlehem because Joseph was of the house and the lineage of David. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. Verses 1 through 7. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his espoused wife, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her, forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. <clears throat> you see, they were comfortable where they were at in Galilee. But that wasn't where the scripture said that the Messiah would be born. It says the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So in order for that to happen, they had to make the trek from Galilee to Judea, to uh, Bethlehem. And so that's what we need to understand, that these scriptures are identifying Christ as Lord and Savior as the Messiah of the world. Because the Messiah is the one that God sent into this world to save us from our sins. You know, I'm so glad that he died not only for y'all, but for me as well. And even if I had been the only one, Jesus would have still came, and he still would have died just for me. You know, salvation is a personal thing. It's not something I can do for, my, for another person, for my wife, child or anybody else. I wish I could. You know, my, both my wife and daughter are serving the Lord, don't get me wrong. They're both Christians on their own right. But what I'm saying is, is that I have a cousin who I'm not so sure is born again. And it kind of concerns me. Because time is running out, folks. We're about one step away from eternity. We're about one blow, blow of the trumpet away from Christ himself coming back for his bride. And when that happens, the rapture is going to take place. And when it happens, those that don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, they're going to get left behind. Now, there will still be an opportunity for them to come to know Christ at that time. But it's going to be so much harder to do than it is right now. So I would encourage anyone who doesn't know Christ as Lord and Savior to make sure that they know that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because this scripture tells us that prophecy is true. 
and it's been prophesied in the Word of God that Jesus is coming back again. Matter of fact, this is not even in my notes, but I felt a nudge of the Spirit for us to turn there this morning. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter four. It says, But I do not know, I do not want you to be ignorant in verse thirteen. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring forth with him those who are asleep. In Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven, and with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then he who are we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is a prophecy, folks, because it hasn't happened yet. But it's a surety that it will. You've got to make sure that you know Christ as Lord and Savior if you're going to make that rapture. If you're going to be one of those that are caught up in the air to ever be with the Lord while the tribulation goes on here on this earth. So I would encourage you today to make sure that you search your heart and soul and make sure that you know Christ as Lord and Savior. There's a final point of our message today. And that is that the Messiah was to be born of a virgin. Let's look at, let's look at uh, Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 14. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. It's a twofold prophecy. It's about a birth that would take place by a young lady of marriageable age, a human conception. But this prophecy also had a messianic meaning as well. Jesus, the, only, the Messiah, was to be born miraculously. The incarnation of Christ came by the Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. She was an actual virgin. This is where some people have a hard time believing in the miracle birth of Jesus. But it did happen. Let's turn now to Luke chapter 1. Verses 26 through 35. 
It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the, temple, the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. You know, and then let's read verses 36. Through 38 as well. It says, Now indeed, Elizabeth, you, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. And with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, we need to realize today, folks, that God has certain things that he wants to do in our life, but we've got to let him do it. We've got to say yes to the Lord and no to self, because sometimes if it's going to cost us something, so to speak, and I don't necessarily mean financially, I'm talking about, you have to understand this was going to open her up to a lot of ridicule from people. Matter of fact, her own family may have disowned her because of the fact that she was going to do this. But, you know, whenever God wants to do something in a person's life, there's always going to be a way for it to happen. And that's what she was having to do, is to trust God for the fact that he was going to take care of her reputation, take care of her. And then we're going to find out next week about Joseph and a little bit more about Mary and her situation here. But I wanted to bring out the facts that the prophecies concerning the Messiah was important that we realize that it has to be found in Jesus Christ and him only. And so we need to realize today, folks, that our names need to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'll say that again because it's the most important decision that you'll ever make. You know, I know other important other decisions are important, the choosing of a house, the choosing of a car, when to start a family, all these different kinds of things are important decisions to be made. But none more important than the fact that you need to make sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your holy presence that's been in this place today, God. We thank you, Father, for your word that has come forth and has gone in a powerful and mighty way, I believe. 
Father, I pray, dear God, that it has meant something to someone, even on Facebook Live today, God, that people have been touched by this word, God, that they're going to be ministered to by this word. And we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Before we dismiss, I'm going to ask, is there anyone here who's willing to say, I don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, but I want to make him so today? Or maybe by you, by Facebook Live, you're needing to make that decision today. I'm giving you the opportunity to just repeat this simple little prayer after me. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you that he died on the cross in my place so that I could have eternal life in and through him. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I pray today that from this day forward, I will live my life for you and in your service. And I thank you for loving me enough to die on the cross for my sins so that I could be forgiven and have an eternal relationship with my Heavenly Father and with you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning. Well, actually, we're about to have a closing prayer. Brother Marvin, would you say the closing prayer for us today? Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the rain this morning. Father, just be with us as we go out. Keep us covered with your blood. Keep us safe. Bring us back tonight, Lord. We give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. Amen.